Section 23 of White Nights and Other Stories by Fyodor Dostoevsky. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Iskranikolova. Pozunkov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated from the Russian by Constance Garnett. Part 2. Well, now I will go on. He drew me, if you will kindly remember, more dead than alive, into the room where they were having tea. They all met me seeming as it were offended, that is, not exactly offended, but hurt, so hurt that it was simply, they seemed shattered, absolutely shattered, and at the same time, there was a look of becoming dignity on their faces, a gravity in their expression, something fatherly, parental. The prodigal son had come back to them. That's what it had come to. They made me sit down to tea, but there was no need to do that. I felt as though a samovar was toiling in my bosom, and my feet were like eyes. I was humbled, I was cowed. Maria Feminishna, his wife, addressed me familiarly from the first word. How is it you have grown so thin, my boy? I've not been very well, Maria Feminishna, I said. My wretched voice shook. And then, quite suddenly, she must have been waiting for a chance to get a dig at me, the old snake, she said. I suppose your conscience felt ill at ease, Osip Mihailich, my dear. Our fatherly hospitality was a reproach to you. You have been punished for the tears I have shed. Yes, upon my word, she really said that. She had the conscience to say it. Why, that was nothing to her. She was a terror. She did nothing but sit there and pour out tea. But if you were in the market, my darling, I thought, you'd shout louder than any fishwife there. That's the kind of woman she was. And then, to my undoing, the daughter, Maria Fedosevna, came in, in all her innocence, a little pale, and her eyes red as though she had been weeping. I was bowled over on the spot like a fool. But it turned out afterwards that the tears were a tribute to the cavalry officer. He had made tracks for home and taken his hook for good and all. For you know, it was high time for him to be off. I may as well mention the fact here. Not that his leave was up precisely, but you see... It was only later that the loving parents grasped the position 
and had found out all that had happened. What could they do? They hushed their trouble up. An addition to the family. Well, I could not help it. As soon as I looked at her, I was done for. I stole a glance at my hat. I wanted to get up and make off. But there was no chance of that. They took away my hat. I must confess, I did think of getting off without it. Well, I thought. But no, they latched the doors. There followed friendly jokes, winking, little airs and graces. I was overcome with embarrassment, said something stupid, talked nonsense about love. My charmer sat down to the piano and with an air of wounded feeling sang the song about the hussar who leaned upon the sword. That finished me off. Well, said Fedosey Nikolaitch, all is forgotten, come to my arms. I fell just as I was, with my face on his waistcoat. My benefactor, you are a father to me, said I, and I shed floods of hot tears. Lord, have mercy on us, what a to-do there was. He cried, his good lady cried, Mashenka cried. There was a flaxen-headed creature there, she cried too. That wasn't enough. The younger children crept out of all the corners, the Lord had filled their quiver full, and they howled too. Such tears, such emotion, such joy. They found their prodigal. It was like a soldier's return to his home. Then followed refreshments. We played forfeits and I have a pain. Where is it? In my heart. Who gave it you? My charmer blushed. The old man and I had some punch. They won me over and did for me completely. I returned to my grandmother with my head in a whirl. I was laughing all the way home. For full two hours I paced up and down our little room. I waked up my old granny and told her of my happiness. But did he give you any money, the brigand? He did, Granny, he did, my dear. Luck has come to us all of a heap, with only to open our hand and take it. I waked up Saffron. Saffron, I said, take off my boots. Saffron pulled off my boots. Come, Saffron, congratulate me now. Give me a kiss. I'm going to get married, my lad. I'm going to get married. You can get jolly drunk tomorrow. You can have a spree, my dear soul. Your master is getting married. My heart was full of jokes and laughter. 
I was beginning to drop off to sleep, but something made me get up again. I sat in thought. Tomorrow is the first of April, a bright and playful day. What should I do? And I thought of something. Why, gentlemen, I got out of bed, lighted a candle, and sat down to the writing table just as I was. I was in a fever of excitement, quite carried away. You know, gentlemen, what it is when a man is quite carried away? I wallowed joyfully in the mud, my dear friends. You see what I'm like. They take something from you and you give them something else as well and say, take that too. They strike you on the cheek and in your joy you offer them your whole back. Then they try to lure you like a dog with a bun and you embrace them with your foolish paws and fall to kissing them with all your heart and soul. Why, see what I'm doing now, gentlemen. You're laughing and whispering, I see it. After I have told you all my story, you will begin to turn me into ridicule. You will begin to attack me. But yet I go on talking and talking and talking. And who tells me to? Who drives me to do it? Who is standing behind my back whispering to me, speak, speak and tell them? And yet I do talk. I go on telling you. I try to please you as though you were my brothers, all my dearest friends. Ech! The laughter, which had sprung up by degrees on all sides, completely drowned at last the voice of the speaker, who really seemed worked up into a sort of ecstasy. He paused for several minutes his eyes straight about the company, then suddenly, as though carried away by a whirlwind, he waved his hand, burst out laughing himself, as though he really found his position amusing and fell to telling his story again. I scarcely slept all night, gentlemen. I was scribbling all night. You see, I thought of a trick. Eh, gentlemen, the very thought of it makes me ashamed. It wouldn't have been so bad if it all had been done at night. I might have been drunk, blundered, been silly and talked nonsense, but not a bit of it. I woke up in the morning as soon as it was light. I hadn't slept more than an hour or two and was in the same mind. I dressed, I washed, I curled and pomaded my hair, put on my new dress coat, and went straight off to spend the holiday with Fedosey Nikolaitch, and I kept the joke I had written in my hat. He met me again with open arms and invited me again to his fatherly waistcoat. But I assumed an air of dignity. I had the joke I thought of the night before in my mind. 
I drew a step back. No, Fedosey Nikolaitch, but will you please read this letter? And I gave it him together with my daily report. And do you know what was in it? Why, for such and such reasons, the aforesaid Osip Mihailich asks to be discharged. And under my petition, I signed my full rank. Just think what a notion! Good Lord, it was the cleverest thing I could think of. As today was the first of April, I was pretending, for the sake of a joke, that my resentment was not over, that I had changed my mind in the night and was grumpy and more offended than ever, as though to say, My dear benefactor, I don't want to know you nor your daughter either. I put the money in my pocket yesterday, so I am secure. So here's my petition for a transfer to be discharged. I don't care to serve under such a chief as Fedosey Nikolaitch. I want to go into a different office and then maybe I'll inform. I pretended to be a regular scoundrel. I wanted to frighten them. And a nice way of frightening them, wasn't it? A pretty thing, gentlemen, wasn't it? You see, my heart had grown tender towards them since the day before. So I thought I would have a little joke at the family. I would tease the fatherly heart of Fedosey Nikolaitch. As soon as he took my letter and opened it, I saw his whole countenance change. What's the meaning of this, Osip Mihailich? And like a little fool, I said, The first of April. Many happy returns of the day, Fedosey Nikolaitch. Just like a silly schoolboy who hides behind his grandmother's armchair and then shouts oof into her ear suddenly at the top of his voice, meaning to frighten her. Yes, yes, I feel quite ashamed to talk about it, gentlemen. No, I won't tell you. Nonsense, what happened then? Nonsense, nonsense, tell us, yes, do, rose on all sides. There was an outcry and a hullabaloo, my dear friends. Such exclamations of surprise. And you mischievous fellow, you naughty man, and what a fright I had given them. And all so sweet that I felt ashamed and wondered how such a holy place could be profaned by a sinner like me. Well, my dear boy, piped the mamma, you gave me such a fright that my legs are all of a tremble still. I can hardly stand on my feet. I ran to Masha as though I were crazy. Mashenka, I said, what will become of us? See how your friend has turned out. And I was unjust to you, my dear boy. You must forgive an old woman like me. I was taken in. 
Well, I thought, when he got home last night, he got home late. He began thinking and perhaps he fancied that we sent for him on purpose yesterday, that we wanted to get hold of him. I turned cold at the thought. Give over, Mashenka. Don't go on winking at me. Osip Mihailich isn't a stranger. I'm your mother. I'm not likely to say any harm. Thank God I'm not twenty, but turned forty-five. Well, gentlemen, I almost flopped at her feet on the spot. Again there were tears, again there were kisses. Jokes began. Fedosey Nikolaitch, too, thought he would make April fools of us. He told us the fiery bird had flown up with a letter in her diamond beak. He tried to take us in, too. Didn't we laugh? Weren't we touched? Foo, I feel ashamed to talk about it. Well, my good friends, the end is not far off now. One day passed, two, three, a week. I was regularly engaged to her. I should think so. The wedding rings were ordered, the day was fixed, only they did not want to make it public for a time. They wanted to wait for the inspector's visit to be over. I was all impatience for the inspector's arrival. My happiness depended upon him. I was in a hurry to get his visit over. And in the excitement and rejoicing, Fedosey Nikolaitch threw all the work upon me writing up the accounts, making up the reports, checking the books, balancing the totals. I found things in terrible disorder. Everything had been neglected. There were muddles and irregularities everywhere. Well, I thought, I must do my best for my father-in-law. And he was ailing all the time. He was taken ill, it appears. He seemed to get worse day by day. And indeed, I grew as thin as a rake myself. I was afraid I would break down. However, I finished the work grandly. I got things straight for him in time. Suddenly, they sent a messenger for me. I ran headlong. What could it be? I saw my Fedosey Nikolaitch, his head bandaged up in a vinegar compress, frowning, sighing and moaning. My dear boy, my son, he said, if I die, to whom shall I leave you, my darlings? His wife trailed in with all his children. Mashenka was in tears and I blubbered, too. Oh, no, he said. God will be merciful. He will not visit my transgressions on you. Then he dismissed them all, told me to shut the door after them, and we were left alone, tete a tete. I have a favor to ask of you. What favor? 
" Well, my dear boy, there is no rest for me even on my death bed. I am in want "" How so ?" I positively flushed crimson, I could hardly speak. " Why, I had to pay some of my own money into the Treasury. I grudge nothing for the public weal, my boy, I don't grudge my life. Don't you imagine any ill. I am sad to think that slanderers have blackened my name to you. You were mistaken. My hair has gone white from grief. The inspector is coming down upon us, and Matveyev is seven thousand roubles short. And I shall have to answer for it. Who else? It will be visited upon me, my boy. Where were my eyes? And how can we get it from Matveyev? He has had trouble enough already. Why should I bring the poor fellow to ruin? Holy saints, I thought, what a just man, what a heart. And I don't want to take my daughter's money, which has been set aside for her dowry. That sum is sacred. I have money of my own, it's true. But I have lent it all to friends. How is one to collect it all in a minute? I simply fell on my knees before him. My benefactor, I cried, I have wronged you. I have injured you. It was slanderers who wrote against you. Don't break my heart. Take back your money. He looked at me, and there were tears in his eyes. That was just what I expected from you, my son. Get up. I forgave you at the time for the sake of my daughter's tears. Now my heart forgives you freely. You have healed my wounds. I bless you for all time. Well, when he blessed me, gentlemen, I scurried home as soon as I could. I got the money. Here, father, here's the money. I've only spent fifty roubles. Well, that's all right, he said, but now every trifle may count. The time is short. Write a report dated some days ago that you were short of money and had taken fifty roubles on account. I'll tell the authorities you had it in advance. Well, gentlemen, what do you think? I did write that report too. Well, what then? What happened? How did it end? As soon as I had written the report, gentlemen, this is how it ended. The next day, in the early morning, an envelope with a government seal arrived. I looked at it, and what had I got? The sack. That is, instructions to hand over my work, to deliver the accounts, and to go about my business.
How so ?" That's just what I cried at the top of my voice : How so ? Gentlemen, there was a ringing in my ears. I thought there was no special reason for it, but no, the inspector had arrived in the town. My heart sank it's not for nothing, I thought. And just as I was, I rushed off to Fedosey Nikolaitch. How is this? I said. What do you mean? he said. Why, I am dismissed. Dismissed? How? Why, look at this. Well, what of it? Why, but I didn't ask for it. Yes, you did. You sent in your papers on the 1st of April. I had never taken that letter back. Fedosey Nikolaitch, I can't believe my ears. I can't believe my eyes. Is this you? It is me. Why? My God! I'm sorry, sir. I'm very sorry that you made up your mind to retire from the service so early. A young man ought to be in the service, and you've begun to be a little light-headed of late. And as for your character, set your mind at rest. I'll see to that. Your behavior has always been so exemplary. But that was a little joke, Fedosey Nikolaitch. I didn't mean it. I just gave you the letter for your fatherly... Uh, that's all. That's all? A queer joke, sir. Does one jest with documents like that? Why, you are sometimes sent to Siberia for such jokes. Now, goodbye. I am busy. We have the inspector here. The duties of the service before everything. You can kick up your heels, but we have to sit here at work. But I'll get you a character. Oh, another thing. I've just bought a house from Matveev. We're moving in in a day or two. So I expect I shall not have the pleasure of seeing you at our new residence. Bon voyage. I ran home. We are lost, Granny. She wailed, poor dear, and then I saw the page from Fedosey Nikolaitch's running up with a note and a birdcage, and in the cage there was a starling. In the fullness of my heart I had given her the starling, and in the note there were the words April 1st and nothing more. What do you think of that, gentlemen? What happened then? What happened then? What then? I met Fedosey Nikolaitch once. I meant to tell him to his face he was a scoundrel. Well? But somehow I couldn't bring myself to it, gentlemen. End of part two and end of Pozunkov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Recording by Iskra Nikolova.